I had to stop yeah. eating my popcorn, which is a big thing for me because <laughs> I'm always just shoving the popcorn right in my mouth, like to capacity through every film. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on. One of you nuts has got any guts. What's but a smile on that face? You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me! Listen to you about what right. Because I have a right to it. I have a voice! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let the healing begin. Alright, hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. So, this week, after covering Short Term 12, we are covering a movie... Uh, by the same director and with one of the same stars. So we are taking a look at The Glass Castle. And to do that, I have a return guest. Um, I have Jesse Lauren, uh, also known as, I guess, Search to Find You on Twitter. So thank you for, for being here for the show. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, of course. If you're a new listener and you haven't heard her before, you can hear her on our Whale Rider episode and our Wonder Woman episode. So be sure to check those out. Anything that, that you are up to right now that, that you want to kind of pump up or tell people, you know, how they can follow you, any of that? Uh, well, you can follow me at, uh, on Twitter at Search to Find You. And I'm always down to talk about movies, television, um, topical politics. I mean, steer clear from Terrible things that are happening and such, but yes. <laughs> but yeah, I'm always down to chat. All right, and I'm not doing much right now, so okay. you know, big plans in the works. Oh, great! I look forward to hearing <laughs> about those big plans. All right, so so what's your? Do you had like as far as Glass Castle? It's based on a memoir. So do you have any history with the book? And had you seen uh, this director's other work, like Short Term Twelve? Well, I saw Short Term Twelve and just loved it. Hmm. Um, it was the second thing that I'd seen Brie Larson in after Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm -hmm. So that was quite a shift. Yeah. <laughs> big time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't, I, I really had no idea what this was about aside from the trailer, which is pretty self-explanatory. So I, I hadn't read the book, um, mm. anything like that. But interestingly, uh, the story follows, uh, pretty closely similarities to uh, my family's story, particularly my dad's. He oh. actually grew up in Wharton, West Virginia, which is like an hour and a half away from Welch, mm. like around the same time. And he dealt with similar circumstances and we're all a family of redheads. So <laughs> it actually like it really hit a chord. It really struck a chord with me and right. uh, definitely made me a lot more emotional than I expected it to be. Oh, okay. So, so it sounds like, uh, I mean, I'm just guessing here and kind of putting words in your mouth, but it sounds like you had a, like maybe positive experience isn't the right way to put it, but you, you, you think it's a good movie. You think it's, it's worth seeing. I definitely think it's worth seeing the acting alone. Yes. Um, I do not like Woody Harrelson. Like okay. I've never really been a fan. Uh, I loved him in this. Yeah. Like I, mean, I, I do feel as though he should be put up for some kind of acknowledgement from the Academy. Yeah. I mean, this was a really impressive performance. I'm, I'm, I've always been kind of lukewarm on Woody Harrelson. Like I think he's fine and he kind of always been, always has been. I think he has a particular gift for being able to play both drama and comedy and not everyone can do that, but he's never yeah. really blown me away. Like he's not one of those actors that I'm just like, Oh, I can't wait to see the next Woody Harrelson product project. That's not, that's not ever something that really happens, but he really, I, I didn't know he had this in him. Honestly. Yeah, neither did I. And like, not to be too punny about it, but his acting's always been pretty wooden yeah, for me. There you go. And, but, uh, 
Um, and I actually tend to shy away from things that he does. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if he's happens to be in a movie that I am interested in seeing, I'll see it, but he's never been a a selling point. Right. Right. No, not really. (laughs) I just think he probably has, he has a big challenge in this role here. I mean, this is something that it'd be really easy to play it too far on either side. Cause you have a character who, you know, clearly loves his family. Like, I don't think that's, that's ever in doubt throughout the entire film. No matter the terrible things he does, he does care about the people around him. And yet he is this, and some of it's because of its own, his, his own history and some of it's because of choices he is making, but the man is toxic. Like he, he kind of infects right. a lot of the people around him and does terrible things and says terrible things. But you still find yourself, I think, at some points, like kind of oddly rooting for him. And that is a really tough balance. And I think he played it just right. Oh, he absolutely struck that balance perfectly. Like, I was just so impressed with him. And you're right. You know, it's so uh, interesting to see how much this man loves his family and how, you know, how much their happiness means to him. But it's it's very interesting how he interprets their happiness as his Mm. happiness. It's like their happiness can't be anything different than what he foresees. No dreams. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's just, it it was such an interesting character and, you know, especially being modeled after a real person. Right. Uh, I don't know. I was just completely impressed and I did not expect to be, I went in thinking, well, this will probably be a bit of a, you know, I don't know, emotionally manipulative tearjerker mm-hmm. type of film. And Brie Larson will probably be amazing because she's always amazing. And then yes. Woody Harrelson will just be there and I'll kind of like, you know, yeah. <laughs> sit through it. <laughs> but uh, it actually kind of was the opposite for me, like, you know, from my expectations. I was just so blown away by Woody, Woody Harrelson. And it's probably just because I didn't expect to be. He told he took right. me completely by surprise. And I, I, I really enjoyed his performance. Yeah, but one thing I will say about Brie Larson in this movie, like, it's interesting because if you look at all the trailers, you feel like she's she's the star, she's the draw, she's going to be the main character. And she's much right. more, she's in much more of a supporting role here, but I think she has this challenge because basically all the way up till about an hour and 45 minutes of this movie, she has to play everything really close to the best. It's all nonverbal stuff. It's all in her eyes. It's all in her facial expressions. And you can, you can see the shell that this woman has built up around herself to protect herself. And I think she portrays that really, really well. And really there's only one scene where she really gets an opportunity to shine. And it's at, you know, it's at a, like a, an engagement party. Uh, near the end of the film and she to me she knocks that scene completely out of the park like it was like she was just waiting and waiting and waiting for a moment and when she finally got it she didn't waste it so I think I think Brie Larson is probably not going to get enough love for this performance because I think it's it's a different set of skills and it's a different challenge to play a character that's that kind of reserved and holding everything back I completely agree I, I do think that she was cheated a little bit in like how much of a device the whole flashback thing was. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I just, it's really hard to connect to a character emotionally when so much of a flashback is kind of, I don't know, uh, setting up exposition. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so I completely agree with you. That was the one scene that she really, uh, chose the opportunity to shine. Although I really did enjoy her scene. Uh, when she was screaming at Max Greenfield because Max Greenfield needs to be screamed at. <laughs> Just in general. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I love him. Like, unabashedly, I love him. And he's he a perfect casting choice that. here. Like, he's, like, I think he's supposed to be, like, very much representative of this kind of yuppie lifestyle. And, like, there's no one better for that kind of role than Max Greenfield. Like, it's almost like in that he almost doesn't have to act because we all bring our our baggage of things like new girl in, like we yep. already know who this character is. Like he doesn't have to speak and we're like, Oh, I know exactly who you are. <laughs> I don't even have to try here. <laughs> but what's great is that he's, he's able to do it uh, in a lovable manner. Yeah. Like you still adore him, even though he's like, I don't know, 80% a terrible person. You can tell. Yes. But he's yes. still really lovable. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Very endearing. I love him. I think the other person who really stood out to me is the young actress who played Jeanette as a girl, Ella Anderson. And I yes. am the first one to shit all over child performances. Like I, I'm, I'm the guy who's like, yeah, that kid in, uh, in uh room hated him. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Don't like his performance at all. But this oh, girl, oh, don't feel bad for him. He's got nine movies lined up. He'll be all right. <laughs> uh, but Ella Anderson here, like, my God. Like, she, be- yeah, because every scene is so emotional and so impactful, because when you do a flashback movie, you're not going to show the random day-to-day stuff. Like, and then we had dinner and everything was fine. You're going to show these right. dramatic moments. And she holds herself so well. I mean, there's... There's a scene where she gets pulled out of the back of the car and there's a scene where she's trying to convince her father not to drink. And it could. And again, these are moments, of course, helped by Woody Harrelson's performance here, but moments that could be so overwrought and so dramatic because they are dramatic. But like her performance, I think, really grounds everything that's going on. And you can feel the care that she has for her her parents and for her siblings. And it all comes off as very real. And that would have been very easy for it to come off as really, really false. Yeah, I'll be watching her. She did an absolutely amazing job. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, to me, like, the only weak spot, and this just may be, like, a personality tick of Rosemary the mom wasn't a fan maybe i just wasn't a fan of that character not necessarily the performance like it was really mm-hmm. difficult for me to kind of handle naomi watts as it, and it just came off i think a little bit too like stereotypical artist for me and i was just like and i didn't i never felt like there were maybe two moments in the film where i felt like i understood who she was and the rest of the time she seemed like this very broadly painted character you know i actually really I was fascinated watching her performance. I'm actually a big fan of Naomi Watts. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, she's made some yeah. bad choices lately, but she's a yeah. great actress. She is. She's phenomenal. And um, I don't know, even in her bad decisions, she still brings her A game. Oh, yeah. You she never I mean? like, phones I'm, it in. She gives no. it her all every time. And not everybody does that. No, not everybody does that. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of like really phenomenal actors, you know, throw away performances for a paycheck. Yes. And she does not do that. You, you can't ever, you know, can't ever falter for that. Um, but I actually just recently dealt with a friend who was going through similar situations, like people begging her to leave her husband and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was a little baffled, like, Oh, why doesn't she just leave it? I understand. And I got to tell you, Naomi Watts's performance, especially in the scene, like I'm sure you'll under like the one where she's laughing, where they basically end up laughing at each other. After like a big blowout. Oh my God. Like I've never, I've never understood, I guess, basically that whole why women stay thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I've always tried to be, um, supportive and I've always searched for understanding. Right. And I think I came a little, like a step closer to getting it because of her performance. Hmm. And yeah, the character's not super, I don't know, 
I don't know if calling the character unlikable is entirely justified, but I mean, she seems to she's, take a back seat to the man difficult that to she's like. chosen to love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's difficult to love and adore somebody who has very clearly lost their personality in someone else. Yeah. Yeah. You I, know I, what I mean? And I think the scene you're talking about is probably, I mean, not even probably, it's Naomi Watts' best moment in the film. It's also really disturbing because of all of this oh. happening in front of the kids. And I just like, it's, and there were a lot of moments like that where I'm like, I am, I don't have kids. Um, so I don't have this experience, but I'm like, I am so uncomfortable right now. I don't know a lot about raising kids, but I know this shit should not be happening right now in front of all these yeah. kids. Like I was just like, and there's so many moments. It's interesting because I think, uh, the director, um, and I always, you know, miss, misdo his name because it's got a three name. Yeah. Destin Daniel Cretton, uh, does a wonderful job, uh, with the camera of showing all these moments. They're either like borderline child abuse or these kind of really sexual moments in front of the kids. And he brings the camera really close as it's happening. But then yeah. as, as the scene goes on, the camera slowly drifts back and you could see the real world kind of encroaching and its reaction. You know, when you first, Absolutely. when you first see, uh, Rex, the father, like, quote unquote, teaching his daughter to swim, i.e. almost oh. drowning her whole scene, it just shows her and him and it's terrifying enough. And then the camera pans back and you see everyone in the pool, like, what is wrong with you? You know, and it's the same thing in that scene with the two of them. It's this very intimate borderline sexual scene. And at first it's closed up on them. And then you see the kids and, and it reminds you like, yeah, like this may be great for them in this moment, but look at look at who's being affected. Absolutely. And, you know, I do have kids and that entire scene just I was just sitting there queasy. I had to stop yeah. eating my popcorn, which is a big thing for me because <laughs> I'm always just shoving the popcorn right in my mouth, like to capacity through every film. And this one is just I stopped. I put the whole, you know, double sized bucket down and just sat there kind of queasy. Like, how is the uh, like and I don't know, it, it takes a lot to. Yeah pull that reaction from someone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it was just, it was an impressive scene. It was a disturbing scene. I think it absolutely was necessary to the rest of the film. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that's the thing. I feel like in this movie, there's not a lot of waste in this movie. Everything comes full circle. You need every scene in this movie. There's not a scene where it's like, eh, we can cut that out and you'll still get the point. Like all of these moments are really, really important. And I think to me, the most important moment without spoiling anything is there is a scene where we find out about Rex's past, um, about mm. what may have happened to him as a child. Um, and this, this kind of, this abuse being pushed forward through generations and all the kids are kind of lined up on the couch looking scared and looking terrified as they should be given what they've just probably witnessed. And I love the, I love the way Woody Harrelson plays it. And I love the way the movie is lit where you don't even see his face in this sequence. He's all in shadow. It's all dark. And he refuses to even look at his children and you get, you get the anger, you get that rage, but you also get the shame that he's feeling. And this is all in like, you know, 30 to 45 seconds, maybe a minute at the longest in this film. But you at that, that's the point that was like my turning point with that character that like, yes, he's doing these terrible things and probably deserves maybe to never see his children again. But I kind <laughs> of get it. Like, I understand what's going on with him and why he struggles and why he turns to alcohol and why he's always running and why he's always moving like you get it just from that sequence. Oh, absolutely. You know, and his face all in shadow, like you were talking about, it was so impressive just to like, you could almost feel the heat 
yeah, like coming off of that him is a great description. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Like it was just, it, it was amazing. And in that entire, if I'm not mistaken, that's also kind of where uh, someone says, like, we don't talk about these things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to say that, like, uh, Rosemary maybe says, you know, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about these things. And he's just yeah. like pacing. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, I don't know. It's it's so. With the life that he's trying to actually breathe into his children and the life that he's trying to lead and the intelligence that he has about him that ultimately leads to discomfort, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And kind of perpetuating that shame. He's trying to find joy and freedom and, I don't know, insinuating that forgetting the things that tainted or motivated you to begin with. It, it was just extremely affecting. It's yeah. it's something that I'm sure everyone's had to deal with at one time or another. Like, oh, we don't talk about that. Oh, yeah. Like, we I don't mean, worry about that. I mean, it may not be something as traumatic as what's going on in this film, but I think I think but that's something. a very human thing where we, ex- we experience something and we desperately want to forget about it because it's a terrible period in our life where something bad happened to us and it feels better, at least in the moment. I mean, I'm a therapist, so I say this all the time. It feels better to (laughs) push that down and not deal with it because if you bring it up, it is going to hurt. It might get better after that initial pain, but if I don't talk about it, then I know I'm not going to have to deal with it. And that, you know, that made a lot of sense given, you know, that character's background and, you know, that character's level of poverty for his whole life. Like all of this stuff made perfect sense. Even if you disagree with him as a man, as a person, like you understand why he's doing what he's doing. Absolutely. And like you said before, he's never unlikable. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, you do find yourself, (sighs) If not rooting for him, empathizing with him. Right. You know what I mean? And I I think that's why those moments when he becomes monstrous, because there are moments in this film where he is a a person that you feel like in that moment, I could not despise you more. Like there's a particular Mm -hmm. scene when he's trying to stop drinking and Jeanette Uh. walks in and he asks her something. And that scene – and it was like I could see people – who had never experienced addiction or had family with addiction, see that scene and feel like it was over the top. Uh, but as no. someone who has worked with addiction, let me tell you, it is not. Um, and that was really affecting. And again, that young actress, uh, her face in that, in that interaction was perfection. Like you Told get every story. Yeah. I mean, you get, you get the pity, you get the, I'm worried for my dad. You get the disappointment. Like it's just, my God. And who knows? I mean, I don't know how many takes they did. Sometimes they say, you know, working with kids, it's a lot of, you know, just doing a lot of different takes and seeing what works. Uh, but my God, like, I can't imagine a better performance from any young actor or any actor of age, frankly. Like, it was pretty impressive. It was extremely impressive. I mean, like I said before, you know, I'll, I'll be watching her. Like, she yes. did such a good job. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's, oh, that scene. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. And there's and that's the thing about this second. movie. I mean, I think if it's not really a fault per se, but this is a movie that is very emotional. Like there's not there's not a lot of downtime in this movie. Like the closest thing to downtime we get is when we're out of the flashback and we see, you know, uh, Jeanette and her, you know, her fiance interacting like that stuff is a little slower. And a little, but there's still there's all this drama kind of just bubbling underneath in Brie Larson's performance. So I found myself kind of like you're just waiting for the hammer to fall in all of those sequences. That's true. But one thing that I also found interesting was, I mean, there are moments of very 
pure and entertaining comedy. Oh yeah. Like there from from everybody. I mean, even that that uh that scene we were talking about before when they're in the bed and she's laughing and it's very disturbing. The kids are right mm-hmm. there. I think the one time that the entire audience laughed was when the younger Jeanette like basically put her hand on her head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's oh my god, it's so expertly like executed. You know what I mean? She's just like <laughs> she's watching this horrible, weird uncomfortable thing just unfurl in front of innocent children's eyes right. and she just puts her head kind of down into her hand in such a way and it was hilarious like yeah, it was perfect it's, it's interesting it's like it's funny but it also gets across this message of like despite the fact that this is an extreme moment for her it's not that extreme it's just kind of exactly. like here they go again you know like she has seen things like this before I've, and if we keep going back to Woody Harrelson but I really do think like honestly if he gets nominated for an Oscar I would have nothing bad to say about it because this performance is kind of on another level and there is a scene where he's lying down in the grass uh, with Jeanette and it's the scene where they're kind of picking out a star for her uh, for this gift and it is the most endearing wonderful interaction like if you just saw that interaction in a bubble and didn't see the rest of this movie you'd think that guy is the best dad ever look at I how know. look at how she gazes up at him look at how much she she adores him you would never think that like the two of them would be estranged for essentially her entire adulthood you know and and so that scene really works and it has to because if those moments don't work that moment the moment where he's talking to her by the fire after she's been after they've left the hospital if those moments mm-hmm. don't work then you honestly you don't care about Woody Harrelson's character you don't care about Rex and you don't care about Jeanette's kind of psychological journey throughout the movie because like it's just okay that's awful get away from that man but you can see why she cares and why her siblings at some level even if they know that he is bad for them you can see why they still care that's true it also informs i don't the level of emotion when it comes to the fact that he is bad for them because there's nothing worse than loving someone with your whole heart Mm. and them treating you like shit. Yeah. Like it's such a betrayal, especially from like a child's, like a child to parent relationship. Right. You know, and it just goes to show that everything, you know, nothing's simple. Everything's complicated. Relationships are complicated. And it just, the film was extremely affecting and I don't recall seeing another that has so, I don't know, uh, viscerally pointed that out. Right. And, and, and I think this director really has a gift for this kind of story. Um, after watching, I mean, he's only made two major films. It's this and short term 12. Um, right. And the thing that struck me about this movie and that movie, frankly, is that I think sometimes when we see movies, we expect, um, we expect a certain tone. We expect a certain genre um, like the idea of like, oh, well, this is a comedy, so I'm going to laugh at this. Uh, this is a drama, so this is very serious. And any the best stories about humanity are the stories that have all of those things. And like, I could, yeah, they're going to combine elements, right? Like, I could pick out things in this movie that feel like a straight up comedy, things that feel like an mm-hmm. emotional overwrought drama, and even some sequences that are taken straight out of the horror genre. And I love that we oh, he, yeah. he plays with all of these things, you know, he and there's even some like some romantic comedy stuff going on there. Like after, you know, she and her fiance come back and he's broken his nose and they kind of oh. play with each other and they get in a fight. I mean, that stuff is straight out of a romantic comedy. So he kind of ties all these things together. But because and I think 
actually because the movie has all these flashbacks, that's one of the things that ties it all together because you know from the beginning this is a story of this woman's life. Like, other people yeah. are going to be involved, but it's really about her. And we really boil this down. This is a father-daughter story. Like, there are, you know, the the mother is important, the siblings are important, but really all the messages of this movie come down to being between Rex and Jeanette. Yep, absolutely. I agree. And, I don't know, it just, it, it involves everything. It's very well executed. Yeah, there's only, I mean, we'll talk about this in spoilers. I have one yes. major, major problem with this movie. Um, oh, good. Like, I, re- I really, good. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I think it's, it's a, it's a really well-directed movie for someone so, so new at directing, having done mm-hmm. only two or three movies. It's tremendously acted. I just think this is kind of, you know, people talk about in, you know, film criticism, like, oh, it's a tour de force performance and this and this and this. And we overuse terms like that. But really, um, this performance by Woody Harrelson, I can't, I don't want to say like it's his best performance because I haven't like looked over like, oh, what are the, because, you know, he's been nominated for Oscars a couple times. Like he's pretty well accomplished, but I can't think of at least a more complex performance that he's ever given. Um, this is way up there. And, and like I said, I think Brie Larson does a lot with a little here. And you could tell that the director trusts her to do that. And it, you know, it makes sense as they've worked together before and she's an Oscar winning actress at this point. It's just good to see her doing movies like this along with movies like King Kong and, and, you know, being part of the MCU. It's good to see her still being tied to kind of the quote unquote art house roots. Mm hmm. But what Uh, was your big problem? All right. So we'll talk. Okay. So we're going to go to spoilers now so I can talk about my big problem. All right. Great. Spoilers. What? Read ahead. Spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler? That's classified. That's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. See, this is the problem when you you make movies about real life because people are messy. Uh, and yes. people don't have arcs and people, and then sometimes in people's lives, there's not foreshadowing. There's not this like, oh, I can see this coming. Right. So the movie ends with her essentially making peace with her father, uh, and coming to terms with their relationship. And that didn't work for me. Um, I felt like it was too quick. It felt really rushed. I'm not saying it couldn't have worked, but the, the movie as it is, it just felt like, okay, everything's awful. Everything's awful. She has this great, uh, we can talk about that scene now, the scene at the, at the, at the, uh, at the party where she essentially tells him talking isn't trying. Like she, she accuses him of just talking and not actually doing anything, um, for them and not actually being there for them. And I love that scene. And actually, I think it's a really interesting movie if it, if the movie ends after that scene and she goes on with her life. And, and of course this is based on real life and they did, you know, these two people did make up and figure out their differences before, before he died. But that transition from that scene to the, he's sick, we should go visit him was way too quick for me. And it just wasn't convincing. And that's, that's in the script. That's, I don't think it was, I don't think it was performed poorly by either Woody Harrelson or Brie Larson, but it just, it just didn't land for me. I would agree. And I'm, I'm going to go back to my major complaint about the film. And that, that is the flashback device. Okay. You know, I, I do think that they can be done well and they can be done uh, clunkily and it can really, hmm. I don't know, uh, kind of make the fluid progression of a film sputter a little sure. bit. Yeah. Like, absolutely. you know, um, I went and saw the movie with a friend of mine last night 
And I had mentioned, she was like, you know, did you like it? I said, yes, I did. I don't think I would buy it or watch it again. Right. And she said, why? You were sitting there crying through most of it. It obviously <laughs> affected you. Right. And I, I kind of likened it to, well, you know, there are those like CDs, like albums from bands that you like. And sometimes you'll listen to an album from beginning to end, and that's the only way that you'll listen to it. And other times you'll pop one in and just kind of skip the songs you don't you don't love sure. to get to the other ones that you do. And I felt that way a lot through this movie. I really loved a, like 70% of it. And then 30% of it, I was like, eh, mm. I mean, I guess. And right. I, I, I don't know if it was the editing. It didn't seem to be. Um, I, for me, it just, I think it was the flashback device. I don't know if it was, there was something that could have been done to, I don't know, um, to change or improve it. It just, for me, it didn't really do much. Hmm. And I think a big part of that, uh, might've been the muddling of how long time, like how time was actually progressing in the future, because it seems like it kind of went, I don't know. What would yeah, you say? it was it was hard to gauge kind of <laughs> how well, I mean, I think that that's what I'm saying, like kind of yeah. deserved that scene specifically, because like, oh. at, you know, after the whole party scene, there's like a flashback to her youth. And then you come back and you see a picture of the fact that they're married. Right. And I think Max Greenfield, what's his name, David in the movie. Yes. Um, Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Max Greenfield's <laughs> adorable. I mean, you could be compared to worse. Anyway, but, that's very true. but uh and he says something to the effect of like oh this has been going on for too long or oh this is the way it works or yada 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 you've been so much better like he refers to the passing like a great deal of passing time yeah yeah you're right that was that was something that you didn't feel that time pass no and 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 that's interesting because because that's one of the things i think the movie does well in the flashbacks like there is a there's a really smart sequence where you know the kids have to go in the back of the moving van um and then it lifts and they're much older so you get the you get not only the point that time has passed but that they've done this a bunch of times and i really like that moment because you get that time has passed whereas in the present although it's late 80s uh you don't you don't really feel that that's a really good point I, I yeah, you think, don't. I think that the, there was one thing I liked about the the flashback structure, and flashbacks are really difficult because they're always jarring. Um, it's, yeah, it's one thing if you start off the movie in 1989, do a flashback to when she was a baby, and then just go all the way through up to 1989, because then you have this this tracking. But this does kind of bounce back and forth a little bit, and you don't. Right. And there are moments where it's like, oh, oh, cool. we're back in the eighties. Like it's kind, of, it is jarring. But one thing I really like about it is that in the eighties we see Rex, we see the dad drinking. Um, That's true. So, which, which for some people, I've read other reviews. Some people said it that took away any of the dramatic context of when he was trying to stop drinking. Uh, but for me, I completely oh, disagree with I that. I disagree because yeah. it is heartbreaking. As soon as he uh-huh. says he's going to promise to do it, you know already he is going to fail, and you are just I'm cry. <laughs> you're just forced to sit there and watch it, and you just you're just waiting and waiting and waiting, and then it finally happens, and it's still awful and it's still brutal. And a lot of it maybe is because kind of I know how alcoholism works. I've had some experience with it in my work, and I was just like, yeah, this is kind of how it goes, you know. So yeah. the fact that they set it up that he's i mean not even just drinking but a drunk um in the future you just know like no matter how much he wants to no matter how much he loves this child 
he's not going to be able to do it for her. And you're just, and you're just there for it. So that part of it, I think was really effective, um, as far as, as far as the flashback structure. I completely agree with you. I, I would disagree with anyone who says like, oh, it spoils it. It's like, no, it <laughs> informs something right. in the manner in which you can kind of appreciate it on a completely separate level. Like right. that's one of my favorite scenes is when he goes and wakes her up in the morning mm-hmm. after she's asked oh, him to stop drinking. It's so beautiful too. It's so, <sighs> it's so, it's such a lovely interaction. Like it it's is. A, but with, of course, this tinge of darkness, like him just kind of telling her, don't come up there. Like, don't, don't listen to me because I'm going to say some things that are terrible, but essentially I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for the family because it need we need to, we need to be better. And it was just like, oh man. And you're still, and again, this is the, the greatness of this performance. You are still rooting for him, even though you yep. know he is destined to fail. Like you don't know when, but you know, it's going to happen, but you're still, you're still in his corner for that moment. And it, it really, really works. Yeah, and you, if you have dealt with alcoholism in your life in one way or another, it, that scene particularly, especially knowing that he eventually, like either it's not successful or, you know, he does end up drinking eventually, like whatever, in your brain you're just thinking, oh my God, I hope he can just give him a good, like, few months. Yeah, exactly. Just a good Please. few months. <laughs> Of some good experiences. Yeah, you, this like, family just, needs oh. some happiness, please. Like Exactly. Like, just something to hold on to. Something to put under your pillow. Like, even yeah. if it's for a short time, just give them some, like, just please let them be successful for at least a little bit. Right. Yeah, you know, I think I think it's unfortunate uh, the way this movie ends because like all the way up until the like the last ten fifteen minutes of the movie, like I was just I was all in, I was loving this, and I was just like this is this is another movie kind of on the level of Short Term Twelve, which I think is a great movie, uh, and it just like just at the end everything just kind of falls out from underneath it. Uh, so I had to remember kind of not to, not to judge it too harshly on its last 15 minutes because the first hour and 45 are phenomenal and they have these great, great performances and it's so worth it. And there's, there's another moment and this kind of, I think the last thing I want to mention on, on my end, uh, from a directorial perspective that I really, really love. There is a sequence where they have no food, um, they have no money and they need to eat. Um, and I love that in terms of kind of set dressing, they always have this kind of half-empty bottle of whiskey next to Woody Harrelson's character as he's, like, yep. collapsed on the couch, and he's got his cigarettes in his Smokes. top pocket, and you're just mm-hmm. like, and, you know, and this is really standard stuff. He does not have money to get the family bread and eggs and milk and meat, but he has the, he always has the money for the drink. He always has the money for the cigarettes. And that could have been something in that scene that wasn't there, but I love that it was. Like, from a director's perspective, it was like he's always reminding you that this is not someone you can depend on, even if you love him. Like, this him. is a choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I love that. There's lots of little moments like that. I mean, the the filming of kind of the kind of backwoods of America is absolutely stunning. The music all works with it. Like it's this kind of very kind of country soundtrack, but not like country music soundtrack, but this kind of like you could imagine hearing people like on their front porches in these really poor areas playing this music and all that stuff really helped to kind of inform their life and their experiences as they move across the country. Yep, absolutely. No, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh it's it's extremely stunning. It's very moving. And I loved you, you know, it also brings to 
mind. Like he does always have the money for the booze and he does always have the money for the smokes. But you kind of have to think about it in terms of like, how do you get through, if you're that, you know, low on the poverty level, Mm -hmm. how do you get through the day? Like, how do you live with yourself without absolutely losing your mind? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, those are the like aspects of, uh, of someone's psyche that can drive them to do anything to distract themselves from the reality of what's happening right? to and, their detriment, to the detriment of the family. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's such nuance that yes, he always chooses those things, but would he choose those things if he didn't choose those things? If that, right. I'm sorry, I'm digressing but, a little bit, yeah. but you know what I mean? And then you throw like, in the fact that he was sexually abused as a child is made pretty clear. Uh, like, and he's got to do something to cope with that. And the, and the other scene that I really loved is that, you know, the, they go to the grandma's house and she, I mean, she slapped that kid hard in the back of the head yep. and you are fully expecting this man who loves his family to stand up and go like, you know, don't touch my kid or that's uncalled for or whatever it is. And you can yeah. see that he wants to, and it's another quite wonderful performance moment from Woody Harrelson because there's this hesitation. Like he wants to say something and then he just says, show her some respect because he knows that's what he had to do in order to survive in that house. And I was just like, and just thinking back on it, it's kind of one of those holy shit moments of like, this could have gone a totally different way. And this family's, this family's journey could have been very different, but he just, Mm -hmm. he never, he never dealt with that, which is an almost impossible thing to deal with, even with the most money and the most help you can get. And so this has been just passed along. And you finally understand in that moment, at least a little bit of why he was so against going back home. Absolutely. You know, and uh, you've in that scene too, when young Jeanette, you know, screams at her, Hey, don't hit my brother, you stupid bitch. Or like whatever she Yeah, does. She said stupid witch, but she meant bitch. Well, I mean, yeah, she meant, <laughs> she meant bitch and I can say bitch, you know, yes. um, but <laughs> you know, I can poetic license anyway. Yes. Um, but, and he's the one who's like snaps at her yeah. defending his mother. And yeah. you kind of see the really weird cycle of this person's horrible, but I love them. Right. Yeah. And it's just perpetuated. Yeah. And it almost and, it almost makes the ending even more sticky of that. Yeah. Like she's essentially doing that with him. And at the end, you know, after he's died, they're telling all these great stories about him and how wonderful he was. And, and that's really interesting, too. It's complicated. Yep. It's really good. Um, and I agree with you. I did not love the last 15 minutes, but I do feel like it can be forgiven. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, that happens a lot with flashback movies like some of my favorite movies are flashback movies Mm -hmm. and i'll love the flashbacks and then when it goes to present day it's like this this just feels a little hokey yes yeah i think actually that's the perfect description of the end of this movie it is hokey it is like kind of something you would see at the end of a hallmark movie like it just feels a little bit too wrapped up for all of this trauma to just be like and now everybody's okay i guess like and she's smiling yeah and mm. and I, i totally didn't buy how she left her husband. Oh no. The, like things all. are not that simple. No. <laughs> I have like, to go. Clearly. Okay, bye. Like no no no. And, like <laughs> we're gonna fight about this if you're gonna leave. <laughs> like that's Exactly. It's like, no, I don't uh uh-uh. uh. I don't buy that at all. There was very clearly like <laughs> some kind of trouble a Bruin that right. I would have rather had at least referenced. Yes. And yeah. just I just have to go. It's like, but why? Why do yeah. you have to go? Like, what are you talking about? Or I'm dinner. Sure there's a, yeah, like I'm sure that there's a thing, but like it's you know 
your husband that you like love. And can't so, you like go to right. therapy and work it out? I don't know. I don't understand. Like it just didn't, right. didn't make contextual sense to me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I just it's it's always a shame when a movie kind of shits the bed at the end because like you yeah. know because that's what you're left with. That's that's the scene that you're gonna remember walking out of the movie theater because that's the last image you were given, and it's just a shame that it's like ten levels below everything else that was so good about the Glass Castle. Absolutely. I don't know. I just, yeah, it, it was overall very good. I don't think I'd watch it again or purchase it, but I'm right. really, really glad that I saw it. And yeah. it definitely, I got to tell you, like being so close, like my dad being so close to the story itself, mm-hmm. um, it, it was just really interesting for me to see it from that type of a point of view. And I mean, I right. immediately called my dad, like, mm driving home like hey i just saw this movie and it's about a bunch of redheads in west virginia growing up poor so how you doing right well i'm yeah, sure the the creators of this movie would be very happy that that was your reaction to seeing this movie i think that's that's good yeah calling my dad yeah. yeah i mean it is a really emotional good film that could have been great uh but if i walk out of every movie and i think that was a good movie I'm pretty happy with that. I'm happy with a good movie because like when I saw this trailer and this is, and we'll kind of close out after this. When I saw the trailer, I was like, nah, no, this looks bad. Like I, I only watched it because of Brie Larson and this director and they had done short term 12 together. So I was like, okay, I will go on faith here because the movie, the way it's set up, feels again we've used this term feels hokey in the trailer like i just knew i talked to my wife about this i think we have it recorded i can't even remember at this point because i talk about movies when there's a microphone in front of me and when there's not um (laughs) but i was like i saw the trailer and i'm like oh they're gonna make me try and like care about this mother and father who are terrible for their children and they're gonna have some reconciliation and i'm not gonna buy it and that's exactly what happened but the rest of the movie was so good that it all almost almost didn't matter as much so so it's you know it could have been great but it's it's good so i'm i'm happy with good i didn't mind being emotionally manipulated right and that's that's kind of the best you can hope in a movie like this because every movie is out to emotionally manipulate you. It's it's Very just a matter true. of how well they do it. And I think I think uh, Dustin Daniel Cretton does a really good job of doing that in a way that doesn't feel it doesn't feel like you're being manipulated. But even though you know on some level you are, absolutely nice. All right. Um, so one more time, tell people how to reach you online. Oh, well, you can follow me at search to find you and please do. And, uh, you know, ask me any questions you want, spark up a conversation. It's always fun. Nice. All right. So we're going to take a break. Um, and then we'll come back with, uh, my aforementioned wife, Britt, uh, to have fangirl fixation. We will be continuing her film education with another Brie Larson role in the spectacular. Now a smaller role, a uh, supporting role, but, uh, we've already covered most of the movies uh, that she has been in. She actually hasn't been in that many. So we chose the Spectacular Now. And we'll also talk about uh, the movies coming out next week. All right. So I know I said there would be fangirl fixation, but unfortunately something went wrong with the recording and the file was totally corrupted. And because I'm in Reno and Brits in San Jose, it's not so easy to just re-record. So that is sadly not going to happen. But I can tell you what we talked about. So she watched... The Spectacular Now, and uh, was not a fan. Uh, But she does agree with the rest of the world uh, that the movie is well acted uh, and that our male lead has a very punchable face. Miles Teller has a punchable face, which I think is kind of 
not an arguable point anymore. Um, so I really like that movie a lot. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it yet. Um, you should definitely check it out. I think it's probably the best coming-of-age story in the last decade uh, as far as movies go. So check that out. And then we also talked about the new movies coming out next week. And again, we had a difference of opinion because there are two movies coming out, which are The Hitman's Bodyguard and Logan Lucky. Uh, I think The Hitman's Bodyguard looks pretty dumb. I'm not going to say it's not going to be funny or I wouldn't enjoy seeing it, but it's not something I would ever want to cover. Uh, but Britt thought that that trailer was uh, one of the funniest she's seen in a while. She laughed at the whole trailer. So, you know, we have we have different tastes. And with Logan Lucky, uh, I think she's uh, a little sensitive and a little concerned that the movie makes fun of rednecks through the whole thing because that's essentially how I refer to her and where she grew up. Uh, but that's the movie we're going to cover. We're going to cover Logan Lucky. Um, and we're actually going to uh, pair it, of course, with Ocean's Eleven, which is another Steven Soderbergh heist movie. So you have that to look forward to. All right, so that's kind of it for this episode. Um, after the after this kind of rolls and the music starts, I'm going to include a clip of uh, me and Jesse continuing to talk because she has some pretty big news uh, that's pretty exciting. And I'm uh, pretty proud to know her that she's doing this. So uh, I'll let you listen. That's about five minutes long of kind of what she's up to because it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, I actually mentioned on Twitter uh, that you should be following her because she rocks and she does. Uh, and you were going to find out exactly why. And the music accompanying her will be her favorite song. So, so you get to check that out too. All right. So that's it. Until next time. And I will be here diagnosing your favorites and judging you for what you watch. Yes. So, yeah, anyway, but like next, I always, for some reason, I know it's coming, and then I always panic and get caught off guard, but uh, next time when you're like, what are you doing? You mean like in the internet world, right? Or do you mean just like in general? Like, I don't know, because, um, <laughs> dumb, but uh, I'm yeah. actually starting my own small business. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so I didn't know, I was like, oh, I am doing a thing. You can talk about that. Um, I'm actually opening a small independent theater in my town. What? That's yeah, I'm amazing. Really excited about it. Are we talking I'm super like excited about it? Movie theater or play theater? Uh, independent cinema. Oh my god, that's amazing! I'm really excited. The place I live is Springfield, Ohio, and mm-hmm. we have we had two movie theaters. One shut down. They were both part of the same like I don't know franchise, whatever. And mm-hmm. I remember visiting here the first time when I was 16 and Titanic had already been out for a year and it was still playing in that theater. Oh God. So like, that's the type of thing, you know what I mean? Like there's never like the, the glass castle is never going to come play here. I had to drive an hour away to see it. Oh my God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. So I, I, one day it just finally hit me. It's like, well, movies are basically my favorite thing in life other than my children. Right. And every Tuesday I drive an hour out of town to go see a good one. Right. So I'll just, you know, start that's, one. That's fucking but great. That's I'm really amazing. excited about it. Yes, you I'm should weird. be. I'm just gonna. <laughs> this is still recording, so I'm just gonna put this oh, like no. at the end at the end of the episode that you're that you're starting this. I've mentioned it online a couple times, but I had to move. I had to move for a year, um, like away from yeah, my I wife. Yeah, didn't want to and, cry, but yeah, yeah, because yeah. I'm on an internship. Um, this is oh, like the last the last thing I have to do before I have a PhD. Um, wow. So so you have to get matched at, there's only certain sites you can go to, and there's like two in all of the Bay Area. So I ended up in Reno, uh, which is not the best place in the world. Um, and there are no sure. art house theaters here. 
It is all no, it's be. all big chains and like there's not even ones like an hour away. I would have to drive to like Sacramento. I would have to drive oh like my three God, hours from Reno. Yeah, there's nothing, Ugh. nothing. Ugh. There's nothing better, is there, than just it's... like going and seeing the newest release? Like I just and also wait. like going and seeing something that you know is going to be risky. And that you don't yes. know a lot about, that you're just like, oh, well, this looks fucking crazy. I guess I'll watch it. And, and when they say art house, like, I mean art house movies. Like, I luckily got to see A Ghost Story, um, which is <gasps> oh. the best movie of the Sorry. year, and it's not close. Like, it is phenomenal. But when I talk to people, I talk to, like, normal people, like, people who <laughs> don't, like, want to see every movie out there. I tell them, yeah. like, I loved it. But I don't know if I can recommend it because it is an art piece. Like there are yeah. long moments of no dialogue and no sound, and you just and it's uncomfortable and it's designed to be that way. So it's not really for everybody. You know what I mean? Like it's not a fun day at the theater. No. Well, that's fantastic. Hopefully, I'll be able to see it. Yeah. Soon. I, I hope so. Ironically, because I'm saving up all my money right for the small business, I'm not going to the theater. Right. Of like, course. I'm not going to the, well, yeah, you gotta, going you gotta to the movie. Well, you got to pinch your pennies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I got to pinch those pennies. Uh, you're going you're gonna, to, like, be weird about this when I say this, but you're, like, you're like kind of my hero right now. Like, this is amazing. Oh, come on. No, I'm being totally serious. Like, um, like, you are obviously, like, this is not something that's not a risk. You are taking a risk. You are following what you want to do. And it's all about fucking movies. Are you kidding? This is, like, the best <laughs> thing ever. Like, this is phenomenal. I am so I'm excited. Really... Like, if I ever, if this happens for you, and if I mm-hmm. ever, for some reason, find myself in Ohio, I'm going to go to your theater. Oh, Like, I there's no that. doubt I'll about totally... it. Yes. Send me, like, a P.O. box or something, or your email, <laughs> or whatever, and I'll totally send you an invitation to the opening. Oh, nice. Yes, I would love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes. So I am rooting okay. for you. I think that is, that is great. 